Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the eighth episode of the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker. And let me tell you, I did not get here by chance. I got here by intention. Yes, but this podcast is where we teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. So give yourselves a hand. Those of you who are in the field of social worker, social work, making a difference out here. Now it's time for you to make a living. So hopefully you had an opportunity to tune in on last week when I just sat with a group of social workers, just talking about the challenges, you know, the their experiences in the field of social work. But this episode, ladies and gentlemen, this episode, I will be talking about the ASWB exam, the examination. And this particular examination I'm talking about is for those of you who may have a master's degree to become independently licensed. This is the exam that I will be focused on today. So many of you know that I had taken and failed the examination twice. It was the third time that I actually passed the examination. And so, you know, when I first took it, I failed the test by a couple of points and I thought, okay, something went wrong, not exactly sure. So I had to wait 90 days, take the test again. And when I took it the second time, I I failed by more points than I had the first time. So as you know, I was very discouraged, very discouraged. So at the time I had my LSW, I was working in the field of social work, but I needed my master's degree and I know I had my master's degree, I'm sorry, but I needed my LISW in order to be promoted to a clinical director position. And so, as you know, this test was literally a hurdle a mountain, if you will, that was in the way of me um, moving into the next phase of my career. And so um, after, you know, struggling with the, the possibility or even the um, knowing that I needed to take the test and pass it, struggling with that, I decided that I would do a test taking course. And so in this test taking course, they literally helped me break down the stem. Like they helped me literally read the question and focus on the main points. Because I had been working in the field for so long, what I was doing, I realized the first two times, I was answering the question based on my own experiences. So for example, I had been working at an agency, a behavioral health agency. And so what, what happens is they come into our agency, they receive an assessment, and then um, we assign them or we refer them or whatever. And so when I was seeing questions that said, what do you do first? Because that's what we did at our agency first. We did the assessment. I was thinking that's what you do first. But in some cases, you may need to refer out before you ever even do an assessment. And so that's what the training or the boot camp had taught me when I was going through this process. And today, I really want to share um, some of those experiences and share a little bit of what I learned in order to pass the test. Because I don't know if you are in a situation like I was, where your promotion is literally tied to you passing a test. If it is. I want you to know, be encouraged. I'm here. I want to um, share on this particular podcast 
everything that I can in order to help you move forward in the career. Because again, this is where we teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. I absolutely believe that those of us who put our lives on the line each and every day for someone else's life should be compensated. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. I don't believe that as I help link and refer individuals for food and shelter, that I should be worried about food and shelter. And so, yes, I'm not ashamed of the six-figure being a six-figure social worker. I'm not ashamed of this six-figure social worker podcast. I'm not ashamed of it. And I oh, I do not apologize for the information that um, we will be sharing on this podcast. So listen, let me say this. The ASWB exam is not designed to trick you. It's not designed to cause you to fail. It's literally designed to test our competency as a social worker. When we're dealing with lives, juggling people's lives in our hands, we need to be competent. And we need to recognize the areas of incompetence so we'll know to refer that client out to someone else. And so one of the things I realized in taking the test, and I'm seeing that a lot of people are struggling with this. So now let me just bag up. So now here I am, I um, contract with um, two agencies, behavioral health agencies, and um, I just expanded my private practice. I coach social workers, master level social workers, in helping them get prepared for the, get prepared to become independently licensed. And of course, I'm a three-time author and I teach people how to um, write and publish their books. But my main goal, my main focus is social work and all things social work. So that's what I really want to focus on. And so here it is. As I'm teaching and coaching, supervising individuals, one of the things we make a mistake, we make a mistake on is this, adding to the situation. And you can do this whether you're doing an assessment, but especially when you're taking this exam. So for example, if the question reads something like this, a family of an elderly woman with Alzheimer's disease is referred to a social worker. The family reports a drastic change in their mother's capability to care for herself and are concerned by her memory loss. To help the family cope with their mother's illness, the social worker should focus on A, educating the family about the disease, B, referring the family to an Alzheimer's support group, C, helping the family accept the mother's changes in behavior and capabilities, or D, identifying nursing homes and other resources available in the community. I'm going to read that over. Pay attention. (laughs) Pay attention. Write down keywords or make a mental note. The family of an elderly woman with Alzheimer's disease is referred to a social worker. The family reports a drastic change in their mother's capability to care for herself and are concerned by her memory loss. To help the family cope with their mother's illness, the social worker should focus on A, 
educating the family about the disease. B, referring the family to an Alzheimer's support group. C, helping the family accept the mother's changes in behavior and capabilities. Or D, identifying nursing homes and other resources available in the community. Okay, so what would you think the correct answer would be? Well, the correct answer, if you're writing it down, is C. So, let's break it down. C is help helping the family accept the mother's changes in behavior and capabilities. Why is it C? Because, of course, you may think, well, the family need to be educated on it. Or maybe they need, you know, assistance with, you know, um, a support group, right? But the answer is C. And the keywords in the stem of the question is cope, right? It says to help the family cope with their mother's illness, the social worker should focus on, right? So if the social worker is helping the family cope, that's the key word. Looking at the answer choices, educating the family about the disease, which was answer A, and identifying nursing homes, which was answer B, would not help the family cope with the illness and therefore can be ruled out, right? So at first glance, B sounds good, right? Referring the family to an Alzheimer's um, support group. However, simply referring the family to a support group would not help them cope with the illness, Y'all see what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? And this is where we mess up when they when we're reading the questions and we're taking the test. Okay? So I'm going to read it one more time because this is very important. Pay attention to the key words. The family of an elderly woman with Alzheimer's disease is referred to a social worker. Pay attention. The family is referred to a social worker. The family reports a drastic change in their mother's capability to care for herself and are concerned by her memory loss. Here we go. To help the family cope with their mother's illness, the social worker should focus on. To help the family cope cope with their mother's illness, the social worker should focus on. And the options are A, educating the family about the disease. Now, you may think at first glance, educating them about the disease will help them cope. But no, that just gives them knowledge. B, referring the family to an Alzheimer's um, support group. You may think, okay, yeah, maybe they need to just be, you know, around other people who may be experiencing this. But remember, the stem says to help the family cope with their mother's illness, the social worker should focus on. C, option C is helping the family accept the mother's changes in behavior and capabilities. And D is identifying nursing homes and other resources available in the community. So identifying nursing homes and other resources will not help the family cope. Helping the family accept the mother's changes, right? Because it's some they can't they can't change the situation. So if if it would have said that the family came in looking for resources, 
or wanted to know if anybody or felt they were the only people going through this, then maybe referring the family to an Alzheimer's support group would be an appropriate answer. But the STEM said to help the family cope. Okay? So I hope you got that, you guys. Hopefully you write that down. All right? The other thing, do pay attention to the question qualifiers in bold, all caps, right? Because on the test, you'll have some bold. So a question that asks for the best answer may indicate that more than one answer may be correct. But it's asking you for the best answer, right? A question that asks what's the first thing that a social worker should do may indicate that more than one of the choices would be appropriate at some point. See, listen to this. But it asks you what's the first thing, right? So it may be good for the the social worker to refer them out eventually, but the STEM said to help the family cope. You understand? So you want to pay attention to words like best, first. Pay attention to those words because that's what's going to help you in passing this exam. Now, let me say this. Don't I, take answer all the questions that you know that's coming easy first. Then go back. Don't allow yourself to stay focused on or stay at one question too long. If it seems like you just you don't get it, then go to the next question. It'll build confidence. It does something. I share with that. I shared that with you guys last time. It does something to us psychologically when we we are answering something, feel confident about some of the other questions that we may be answering correctly. Okay. So number one. When reading the exam question, questions, do pay close attention to keywords in the question and do pay attention to the question qualifiers in bold, all caps. So things like best, first, those type of things. Now look, watch out for questions that contain qualifiers such as not or accept. These questions are asking which question is not correct. So if you're rushing and you see and you don't pay attention to not or accept, you may answer the question, a right answer, right? When it says not or accept, these questions are asking which question is not correct. It is a common mistake for individuals to hastily choose the first answer that is correct. Other question qualifiers include most likely, most commonly, most importantly, least likely, least commonly, and least importantly. Okay? So a couple of do's. A couple of do's. So hopefully you're learning something right now. A couple of do's. Do anticipate the answer before reading the answer choices. Okay? So I'm re- looking at my notes. So do anticipate the answer before reading the answer choices. Before looking at the answer choices, determine what you think the answer is. If your answer appears as a choice, choose it. You are most likely correct. Okay, so here you are. You're reading the stem before you look at the choices. Think in your mind, what is the answer to this? 
So then when you look at the choices, if that answer is on there, then you're most likely right. That's the first do. So anticipate the answer before reading the, the answer choices. The second do. Do use the infamous process of elimination. Use the infamous process of elimination. Particularly, if, you're, if your anticipated answer is not a choice or you do not know the answer, that is, determine which answers are not correct and rule them out. Okay? So, do use the infamous process of elimination. So you want to begin to say, okay, wait, I know it's not that. I know it's not that. And then you may be down to two and then you just have to answer the question. (laughs) You just have to answer the question, right? And so one of the things I realized is that once I passed the test, nobody asked me how many points I passed by. My career promotion, where the promotion in my um, career did not come because I answered all the answers correctly. No, it came because I answered enough questions correctly in order to pass the test. Okay, here's another do. Do rule out answer choices that are clearly wrong. Right. Do rule out answer choices that are clearly wrong. Don't waste time evaluating it. Just eliminate it. There will be other answer choices that simply sound bad, confrontational, critical, or unprofessional, or unethical. Rule those out too. Okay? The fourth do. Do answer every question. There is no penalty for answering a question incorrectly, and therefore, you should answer every question. If you come across a question that is unfamiliar to you, Use the process of elimination to narrow the selection to two two choices and make your best educated guess. You hear that? Make your best educated guess. If you cannot narrow the selection down at all, simply guess. Just guess. I'd rather for you to answer. Listen, if you answer all questions, at least you got a 50-50 chance, right? But if you don't answer a question, then you already know that one is wrong. So answer every question. The last do, do go to the question of which you were unsure. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Do go back to the questions of which you were unsure. You should mark down the questions that you will want to revisit after you've completed all the questions. That being said, your first guess is often the best. All right. I gave you five do's. Anticipate. The answer before reading the answer choices, that's number one. Use the infamous process of elimination, that's number two. Rule out answer choices that are clearly wrong, that's number three. Answer every question, that's number four. And then do go back to questions for which you were unsure, that's number five. Okay? So, hopefully I help you with this um, sharing of this information, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, once you get through this process, I'm telling you, the sky is not even the limit. The sky, listen, the sky is not even the limit. And I want to begin to share with you other things that we can do, like outside the box thinking, in this field of social work. I mean, it's so many things you can do. That's why I love social work. Because if you're tired of working on a micro level, working with individuals, you know, doing individual counseling and things like that, 
and you want to do mezzo or macro level where you want to get more into the policies and stuff like that social work give you that ability as a I graduated in 2009 with my master's degree and as I think about all the career choices I would choose social work all over again I would absolutely choose social work all over again. It is who I am. It is the core of who I am. And I believe that if you have chosen this field, it's the core of who you are. So since that's the case, and I'm believing that it's true, let's not allow this exam to hinder us from moving forward. And again, if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on my Instagram page. It's Six Figure. SW, so six figure social worker, six figure SW on Instagram. It is Lashana Townsend on Facebook. And that's simply because I forgot. I didn't know how to change my last name <laughs> once I got married. But it's Lashana Townsend on Facebook. And um, follow me. And if you have any questions, if there's anything particular, and if you want to participate in any of our programs, any of like my, I have a boot camp test, test prep, where I um, help you and prepare you with passing the um, licensure exam. Also, I do supervision um, that's required post master for individuals in the state of Ohio. And so we can use Zoom, you know, different um, video chats where you can receive your supervision. And so just reach out to me. You can email me at Lashana at LashanaAlfred.com. That's Lashana at LashanaAlfred.com. I will put it in the description. But yes, follow me. Leave me comments. Let me know, you know, if you're enjoying the podcast. Give me some um, topic ideas if there's something that you really want me to really focus on. But um, next week, I plan on going over continuing this line of preparing you for the social work um, examination, the ASWB exam. So thank you once again for tuning in. It's your girl, LA, your six-figure social worker. And this is the Six-Figure Social Worker Podcast, where we teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. Stay tuned, and I look forward to sharing with you next week. Thank you.